Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Matt Brown, Extra Points, has been with us many times. Love the knowledge, insight. He joins us on 365 Sports. Matt, I want to start with this. I want to get into the article you had late last week about NIL, HBCUs, and uh, revenue sharing, etc., but... What are your thoughts about, despite what maybe nothing can be done of what's happening with the latest news out about Michigan and one of their staffers? <laughs> I, I got to be honest. Like, I, I do think this is an objectively funny college football scandal, which are, are my favorite kinds. Like, nobody <laughs> really got hurt. You have a guy who's real. He was apparently his real name was baptized as Connor Stallions, which feels like from the Joey Freshwater school of made up names. (laughs) And then I can't imagine anything more Michigan than a guy potentially being busted for NCAA violations because of what he posted on LinkedIn. That's the most Michigan crime imaginable. Like, of course this is all, this is, uh, this is very funny. Like what I, what I can share, I don't think I've written this anywhere yet, but I, I had w- had talked to some uh, folks involved with the NCAA investigations and on the compliance side outside of Big Ten country where they had been hearing about this particular, you know, uh, investigation. Uh, my understanding is that, you know, you, to similar to what, what Pete had shared earlier today, the NCAA is going to get a lot of video evidence here. Uh, I think potentially even some like audio evidence. So I have no idea what they're going to do. Like it, it, it's not. There's no, there's no precedent for this, particularly because this is such a big-name program having a historical season. Um, no one's ever you know, faced a postseason ban or uh, had this kind of cheating litigated before. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend this is some great moral outrage and Michigan must have their eligibility terminated immediately and Jim Harbaugh needs to be sent to a work camp in Siberia. It's, like, it's not anywhere near on that kind of scale. But it is funny, <laughs> and and I'm I would be very very surprised if it turns out that that this gentleman uh, was either innocent or acting without 
you know, the, the, the knowledge of higher ups in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, on Connor Stallion's name on Friday show, I, I, I said that Connor Stallions is not a coach. That is your channel nine news anchor, you know, at, you know, news at six with yeah. Connor Stallions and Gail justice. Like that's, that's what his <laughs> name is. Uh, I, I, that's, that, that's exactly right. And it, it's gotta be like a tier three or a tier four, television market like hi i'm connor stallions here out of wichita falls or grand rapids like connor stallions isn't working in houston connor stallions is a little, is a little bit farther down the nielsen rating yeah matt um the um the nil hearings last week yeah uh the 10th nil hearings uh, does this kind of prove that maybe nothing is really going to get done i mean there's really no motivation for it right now and they have much bigger fish to fry considering that one branch of the government's not even functioning right now um but it doesn't seem like there's really motivation other than using this for publicity you know it's it, it, we're in a really weird spot with these hearings because there are a handful of u.s senators and their staffers who honest to god really do care about this and really do want to, to make it happen. And it isn't just the people in, in front of the cameras. Like we, we know that, that, you know, Senator Chris Murphy's people and Cory Booker's people are motivated to look into this. Tommy Tuberville's people are, are motivated, but I, you know, I, I've been told there's, there's five or six more, but it's certainly not a majority. And many of them aren't leading the relevant committees. And then to your point, it's mid October. And it's very unlikely that bipartisan significant legislation gets passed anywhere in mid October. Because they're heading into a presidential election year, and every everybody in the U.S. House and a bunch of these these senators have got to focus on re-election. You have multiple international crises. You have a a border crisis. You have more concerns about inflation. And then uh, to say all of that, we literally don't have a Speaker of the House. Um, so even if there was appetite to get this legislation done from more important people, I don't think. That I, I don't, I, I don't think. I think the calendar is going to run out because the house is so dysfunctional right now, and the kind of people. Not to, I don't want this to get partisan. The kind of people that are likely to eventually win the speaker's election from the house right now are not the kind of people that have a strong negotiating relationship with their Democratic counterparts in the Senate, which makes shepherding this thing through very, very unlikely. All right. So I read the story. I think it was Friday afternoon. Was there a time? when Congress was discussing NIL and one of the ways that they could make this happen was also to help truly feed revenue in any way to the HBCUs? Yes. So this, this, this is what I learned here. I talked to some, some staffers that were close to uh, Senator Maria Cantwell, who's the head of the, the Commerce Committee. She's the Democratic senator out of Washington. Um, when these Senate bills were in negotiations like a year and a half ago, um, you know, there was actually some pretty broad agreement between Democrats and Republicans working on the bills about the NIL stuff. The question on the Democratic side was, you know, some of the the other non-NIL things they wanted to stick in the bill. One one of the things that that uh, Cantwell's people wanted and other Senate Democrats wanted was to make sure that all college athletes could have access to post-graduation healthcare treatments for I think two to three years, similar to what's in the NCAA Transformation Committee. Um, and to expand that a little bit. So if, you know, you got to tour your ACL your senior year, if you're playing, you know, basketball for Incarnate Word, that you wouldn't be on the hook for the treatment immediately afterwards. The problem was that 
dozens and dozens of low, low major Division One institutions, including many HBCUs, but not exclusively. This is also Southland Conference schools, NEC kind of schools. We're saying we can't afford that. We can't afford the insurance premiums of, of expanding coverage to 500 people on campus. The Democratic uh, response was, let's do some revenue sharing from either the NCAA central office, maybe so a couple of major conferences, major programs to help offset the premiums to pay for insurance to little guys. That fell apart. And I was told specifically because Greg Sankey works to kill it, you know, you know the, where the SEC was kind of taking the lead in lobbying, saying we will not support that kind of revenue sharing. That bill fell apart. And now here we are. No bill, no revenue sharing. That is not a shock to me that the major conferences would not be into that idea, Matt. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's almost as if it only ever happens in the pros. Uh, if there, it's attached to some major concession from labor through contentious uh, you know, bargaining, which, which isn't, isn't able to happen here. No, I'm not surprised that Texas A&M hypothetically would not want to give money to Incarnate Word. Matt, I had a call, or no, I had, excuse me, a message on our message board, second365.com, asking me to ask you about the college football video game that eventually is released and whether or not have any teams actually signed up to be a part of that. Uh, yes. I, last I talked to some developers, I believe that number is well north of 120 FBS teams that have uh, formally signed the paperwork. The expectation on the EA side and in the licensing community side is that every single FBS institution will be involved. I believe that will be 134. Will will include Kennesaw State uh, mm. for the release for next year. Uh, I, I can confirm it includes Kennesaw State because I've seen what they sent in. I, here's the, I have their, all the helmets and the uniforms and the audio that they submitted to EA Sports. The only – it's not even really a hang-up, but the reason that a handful of schools haven't formally signed the paperwork yet – is because they said they weren't going to do it unless the athletes could be paid. Well, now the athletes can be paid, but the contract hasn't been sent over yet. That contract's not expected to be sent over until next spring. And so when that happens, the schools will then execute the contracts. Although people at EA have told me those holdouts, which are schools like Northwestern and Notre Dame and Tulane, they've still been sharing assets. They've still been communicating as if they're going to be a part of the game. So everybody should be in the game. All right, uh, I, I saw this tweet. Do you have this up, uh, Garrett, on Emmanuel Acho and what he said following oh, the USC yeah. loss to Utah? Caleb Williams should consider sitting out the rest of the season. Heisman long shot. College playoffs less likely. He won't play in the bowl game. The risk of uh, playing far outweighs the reward business decision. Uh, what say you? Well, I am not surprised that a lot of other national commentators have responded very negatively about that. I understand where Emmanuel's coming from here, but we ha we've had a couple of people do this, and it generally hasn't re worked out that well for them. And, the, and one of the challenges here for Caleb, right, is that the kind of word on this guy is, you know, enormously physically gifted, uh, one of the most productive college quarterbacks ever, certainly over like the last the last 15 years. Um, and the, the kind of the, the potential concern, right, is, is, he a, is he a team player? Is he selfish? Is this what, what, what the, that's kind of the side conversation about all of them there? And if you failed with like six games left, when you still have a lot to play for, you could still make the Pac-12 championship game. You, you, you could still be a part of a, of a you know, hang, hang a banner. Um, yeah, you would get a lot of criticism for that. If, if, if he was injured, 
I think people would be un- understanding if he decided to sit for the last six weeks if there was a chance he could aggravate some other significant injury. But at the end of the day, like you play college football to play college football. Mm-hmm. And if there's an opportunity to, to still win a lot of games and, and do things that are meaningful and important and for your legacy, of course you'd still want to do that. Do you think that some NFL teams would cross him off their list or is he just so talented there's no way that they would put an asterisk next to him? I think that's the kind of thing where a scout or a GM or some self-satisfied person in an NFL personnel room would tweet that they've taken him off their list and then still take him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like if, if, if you, if, if Caleb Williams was the ninth best quarterback in this class, if he was a, a projected fourth rounder, yeah, I could see somebody, you know, just scratching him off. But if he's the near consensus number one pick, he could do things a hell of a lot worse than sit out six games to be automatically removed from somebody's draft board. This is the NFL. It's not the Boy Scouts. Absolutely. Matt, as always, thank you, man. Appreciate what you do. Appreciate your time with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.